This week on the Indo Daily. I actually don't believe right that priests said her any harm. He just like thought I knew. But that's how I found out Miriam Martina was dead. How likely is it that Trump will be found guilty of paying hush money to former adult film star Stormy Daniels? We're talking about involvement in serious drugs activity on both sides of the border and as well as that, the procurement of weapons. Find and follow us at all the usual spots and over on the Irish Independent website. Shachtan, an indo Askeliga. Time in mon iroti yen of chacht erachor. Agus suligam a machan shaw gurfeder erachor inuik kiart len of winter fein. Skilti fis turmi. Tashe dochrecha nach vetoch ara igornamyan on kieschin ekol. Vien talam aginam griv arkar nrachtum. Yatakshe talam griven arkarstan ilistuha lagus kimen fracht gora kliksar dukeshen ekor. Oni ven aun tardarakshin. Schachten. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Welcome to the Left Wing Podcast in association with Aldi. Spend 30 euro in store for a chance to win 50,000 euro for your primary school. More chances, more prizes, more reason to enter. You're very welcome to the Left Wing Rugby World Cup Daily Independent Daddies Rugby Podcast and our final daily podcast from Tokyo because Ireland are heading home and so unfortunately too is Keen Tracy who's beside me. Um, bags packed Keen all, all set. We've got to move hotels today anyway so that's probably uh, put, a, put a, a lit a fire under you to get everything sorted. Yeah, and I didn't even know I was supposed to move in hotels, so it really <laughs> hasn't been it really hasn't been a good couple of days. Um, yeah, I guess my deal was always I was here until Ireland were, so the flight was always booked after the quarterfinals, which probably says a lot about how not confident our bosses were. <laughs> um, that was part of the deal, I guess. Um, it's been an amazing five weeks. Would obviously love to be staying for yeah. the last two because I guess when you go to all the early games and you go to like the Ireland and Russia game and stuff, you feel like you've earned a chance to see the best teams in the world play in the last two games. But them's the breaks. Um, it's been, as I said, an amazing five weeks. We've seen, We've. I was actually just looking at the map earlier. The amount of ground we covered was amazing. So yeah. wouldn't have gotten the chance to do it uh, proper once in a lifetime experience. Just unfortunately, Ireland weren't able to deliver the full package I guess yeah our, fine. our, our hotel today is unbelievable views of Tokyo you're just kind of mm. you sometimes you have to remind yourself that this has been a, like I've never been to Japan before I don't think you had either it's, no. it's been it's been an outstanding experience unfortunately it's going to be forever tainted by the way things went on Saturday from an Irish point of view obviously we're 48 hours out from uh, that now um, and we discussed it at you know, reasonable length on, on Saturday night after the game anyway but how do you feel about it um, at this remove? What, how kind of the, I suppose the emotions been taken out of it. The backlash, and then there's been a backlash, and then there seems to be a backlash against the backlash back home. One one listener got all, got on to me and said, "I've listened to all the podcasts, and you guys have had a wor- worse World Cup than Ireland did." So that was that was nice of them. Um, uh, the, 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 the the backlash, like you said, has been insane. Um, people people have such short memories, like Ireland when they were winning last year. Of course, we're going to praise them because they're outstanding and they had a historic season, everything that they achieved last year. And you, you, of course, you build them up. But 
if people think that then we're not going to do our job when it was beyond bad you, and you asked me two days on how I'm, how I'm feeling it was awful absolutely awful performance um, I never expected them to win but to not even fire a shot or lay a glove on them um, was it's so disappointing for a quality like this is still a very, like this is a very good squad of players and for them not to have even given them a chance like it will it'll haunt them I think for the, the rest of their careers it'll certainly haunt Joe Schmidt um, it'll be interesting to see what he does next I think he needs to he probably just needs to take a step back he's put so much into it um, it's just it's gutting because like we obviously want them to, to do well and I sometimes feel like people there was a lot of ill will I, I felt back home from certain people you know because they, they just love seeing the Irish team fail and that was really disappointing but it just gives people a, a reason to to sort of throw more mud but it's tough when it it is it has been so bad because you have to call it as you see it and if you don't call it as you see it um you know you shouldn't be in the, in the job in the first place and while some people might like what you're writing we don't enjoy writing about Ireland when that when you know the disasters happen it was the same four years ago but that's the reality of the gig yeah I mean I think what the big disappointment is is that they fell so far off the standards that they set themselves and they created an environment like people who've been doing this longer than we have like we're I'd like to think relatively young you're a little bit younger than I am but you know the last 15-20 years Ireland have you know Ireland have moved so far beyond that environment in the 90s that was there of just abject like failure after failure after failure those terrible years albeit one the closest they've ever come was in 1991 with a team who I don't think ever had the preparation and, and ability that the team that was playing here it was the only time they've ever actually landed a blow at a quarter final so when you build up towards this World Cup and you see them hit so many highs tick pretty much every box get to world number one on the eve of the tournament albeit after a year of kind of decline <clears throat> This, the standards we're measuring them against is against is, mm-hmm. is themselves and David Nusifora back in May when he was asked about what does he what's the what's the goal for Ireland at this World Cup he's Joe Schmidt's boss for anyone who doesn't know he's the RFU performance director he says I think we've got, got to do better than we've done before that's the starting point isn't it we've got to get to a semi-final and obviously we want to go further than that if we can I think we'd be kidding ourselves if we thought that anything worse than a semi-final is going to be good for us so we've got to get there and we've tried to do everything we can Hopefully we get the bounce of the ball. And I've just click on here. And bounce of the ball and a bit of luck from the injury gods along the way. But we've tried to do everything we can to prepare it to everything to the high level of competition. You do need them to look along the way in those, those tournaments. Hopefully we get that. But we know we've we felt we've played, prepared really, really well. We've been in a really good position to deliver a really good performance in, in this tournament. Unfortunately, they didn't. And luck had nothing to do with it. They didn't, apart from Budniaki and Dan Levy, who they've known for a long time, they wouldn't have. He would have made such a difference over here. I think we both agree on that. They had everyone available. They've had, you know, Joe Schmidt had all of these barriers that were in there in 2015 and in 11. There were in the, the big things that New Sephora has taken away. They've all been removed from him. Joey Carberry was moved to Munster. Mm-hmm. Jordy Murphy went to Ulster. Um, his control over the provinces is, has been absolute over the last couple of years. Minutes have been managed. We've, you know, the player welfare system has been has been um, there to help the national team arrive at this point in the best possible moment. And at the end of the day, all the November wins, all the Six Nations, while they're great and they're worth celebrating at the time, and and 
they are successes and they are things that this coach and this team will always be able to look back to. But when you get to this point, the World Cup is all that matters. And it is a true test of where you are in the world because it's all the top eight teams. This quarterfinal was the top eight teams in the world arrived at this point with the same opportunity, with the same relatively level of preparation. Obviously, Southern Hemisphere and Northern Hemisphere are different preparations. And Ireland gave the worst of any of the eight performances. When we were at Japan, South Africa last night, I know you were, you were working for a lot of it. Was it you know, we were trying, trying to catch up on Ireland stuff. But well, like, I kind of missed the first half and then I started watching it for the second half and the second half was crap. <laughs> yeah, I first. know. I missed the best the, part. Jap- like, I, I was able to, thankfully, able to watch the whole thing. And, and Japan, were, like, Japan died with their boots mm. on. They gave everything. They tried. They stayed true to what they believed in. They they moved the ball really really well like it was South Africa overwhelmed eventually and you know for anyone who thought South Africa would have been an easier draw even with the day's extra turnaround I think got it, got their answer last night I think Donegal Ireland were beating any of those quarter finalists the way they played so I mean France true shot France will have their own regrets they're obviously going to be pretty pissed off at, at uh, Jacko Piper and uh, we can <laughs> return to that picture later what a man. but uh, you know like to not even land the blow to not even to take the wrong options, like all the things that we expected from this team, because that's not, it wasn't to overhype them. Like, I believed, I wrote a piece lot this time last year, or about November last year, after going on off the ball with you and McKenna, which about 100 people have reminded me about in the last couple of days, to say that it's time to believe the hype in this Irish team. And it's because there was so much evidence behind them, and the failure to evolve, the failure to back form, the players, you know, like someone like Jordan Armour, he wouldn't have won the game for Ireland Saturday, but he took the game to the All Blacks and he was there when it was, when it was too late that's where the disappointment comes from and yeah you're right no one enjoys this I mean we'd much rather be preparing to cover Ireland in a semi-final and a final you know in the next two weeks and you know that's that's where you know like we're not fans we're, we're journalists we we have to hold them to you know to their own standards and write, write honestly about it otherwise and that's where you know it's not about us it's about them it's about the fact that their careers will now go with this massive opportunity missed the, the failure to evolve is is such a damning like you think of Joe Schmidt and like easily regarded as one of the best coaches in the world, one of the most forward thinkers. And you think back to the rugby that Leinster used to play and Ireland played in kind of fits and starts and you can see how good they are at it when the shackles are off. But after last year, nothing really changed in terms of they didn't move at the times. And I know we mentioned on the last podcast, but you look at what New Zealand did. They ripped up their whole back line and started again without sort of giving it a second hesitation to backing two rookie wingers, um, moving Bowden Bar to, to full back. You know, this is what the best team in the world are doing and are always the best team in the world. So, like, if Ireland can't learn lessons from from that, you know, I, I don't know I don't know what to do, but it, it it's hard to feel optimistic, to be honest. And I know it's still it's still very raw, but... It could be a tough couple of years. Um, it'll be interesting to see if more of the senior players, you wouldn't imagine they will, that, that they'll, they'll be back for another crack. But Andy Farrell's got a massive job in his hands. He's, he's already come back after a, a, a different World Cup failure, but it was still you know, similarly huge expectations, huge expectations on him. And he re-established himself. But now he's going in as the main man when there's a lot of scars there. He's bringing in Mike Cat. I'm not sure what you think about that, but I genuinely have no idea what Mike Cat is going to bring to this system. Um, he's been working with Italy for the last couple of years. We've seen absolutely nothing from Italy. You know, now he, he could be very good, but to me, it doesn't it doesn't scream like this is going to be really exciting. Um, I think Andy Farrell's got a, a 
couple of really big decisions to make. You know, obviously they need a new captain. I'm going to be writing a piece about that for tomorrow. I think you go with James Ryan. I think Johnny and Sexton, Johnny Sexton and Peter O'Mahony will have you know justifiable claims. But if you're, this is mad to say we're still at the World Cup, but the World Cup cycle is going to start again. James Ryan is still going to be the main man in France in 2023. I think you have to start building the, the team around him. Um, he's only 23, but he's captained every single team he's played on. And well, that's probably a discussion for another day. These are the sort of things that you have to start thinking of because the page will turn. Absolutely. And I think that's kind of where the focus will go now because the for Ireland, the World Cup is over and, and like, you know, we'll all watch matches at the weekend but Andy Farrell's basically as soon as the full time whistle went and Joe Schmidt did his final press conference because he didn't do anything on Sunday um, it would have been nice to, to chat to him maybe on Sunday after you it know. might have been better for him to get his message out and, and maybe a few more of the senior players I mean we probably won't hear from them until they do a few commercial gigs or you know turn up at Leinster and Munster pressers in the next couple of weeks and by then they, you know, the way they operate they'll switch focus and you know mm. they're not they, they tend not to be very reflective Um but it was yeah, just, it was a sad way to, to sort of end it. Like and we probably we've all had our you know your ups and downs with with Joe Schmidt over the years, but he did bring so much to Irish rugby. Um, he, he, regardless of you know how it finished, he, he, yeah. he you, you cannot forget the good days and what he did. He was easily the best coach the country has ever had, and it was just a really sour way to to sort of end it. You know. 12, 10 minutes in a press conference full of sort of international journalists and that is totally his prerogative if he didn't want to, to speak to us he probably was fed up for us but it was just a sort of a sad way for it to go out because who knows when we'll, when we'll see him next You covered the 20s beat more than I do over the last couple of years you're probably more aware of the talent that's coming, coming through like you mentioned kind of hanging the thing around James Ryan and I, I would agree with that I think he's, he's the obvious choice to to be bold and I think Farrell does need to kind of separate himself from the Joe Schmidt era because unfortunately you know he's, he's, he was the defence coach and they conceded seven tries in the World Cup uh, quarter final and there's no getting away from that he was there while the decline happened while the failure to evolve took place now whether how, how much his voice was listened to in a very dictatorial regime I'm not sure but where is the next kind of like where does he turn because he, like we can talk about like he's got senior men even Devin Toner is contracted I think centrally until the end of next season um, he's a lot of players in contract until 2020. Like, there's a bit of transition to be done. There's a two-test uh, tour to Australia next summer. Like, is there players do you think that can come in who you know are probably playing Pro 14 rugby now back home who can come in and make an impact, or are we are we looking at the kind of Larmers, Ring Roses? That is, is that the kind of players that you're going to hang it on? Plus a couple of players that maybe didn't make this World Cup squad to kind of move things on because he's going to have to, I think, be a bit ruthless and. Um, look at you know who's going to be around in four years time does he have one season where he mixes it in 2019-20 in that six, in 2026 nations and then pivot in Australia if that or, doesn't if that doesn't go well though imagine the pressure yeah, that's the, the thing, the, that, imagine the pressure and we've no idea what he's going to be like as a head coach how much will he base himself off what he learned from Joe Schmidt like will will anything sort of change because he'll remember all the good days that Joe Schmidt brought in when it's your first gig and I, he's a big personality, Andy Farrell. I don't think he'll he'll shy away from it. But in terms of what's coming through, Ireland under twenties won the Grand Slam this year, which I had covered throughout the tournament, and it was brilliant. A, a couple of really outstanding individuals, like you know, you're like your Scott Penny and Ryan Baird, who you just know are going to be internationals. But that team was sort of 
greater than some of their parts almost they were just a really good hard-working team but then they went to the world cup and they did have a couple of injuries but the world cup did not go well so i think it would be unfair to be thinking that but like and you think about it, they'll be 24 by the time the next world cup rolls around they're, but they're the guy ringos and james ryan's of this generation exactly, so it's yeah. kind of like the leaders are going to come from that generation of porter furlong still very young mm. um that is kind of the next batch that you've pinned it on isn't it and then you're kind of supplementing it with like Joe Schmidt and fairness to him fast track like this all the things that he did right beforehand like you know bringing in Ryan Porter and Stockdale yeah um you know the, the there's probably a few more from that team maybe who, who could make the, make make and a you mark. And you look at like someone like Ronan Kelleher, like the hooker he's is such a like a bone of contention. I know we've also a couple of project players. I mean, I'm not a big fan of the rule, but James Lowe, Reese Marshall, Jared Butler will will come into the mix and and uh, help things. I think they're all good players. Um, but Reece, like Reese Marshall doesn't even always get on the Munster team. Hooker is such a big issue for Ireland. If any of the other hookers had been good enough to consistently put pressure on a 37 year old probably wouldn't like you know he, he I could know, I think I, I've always gone like he obviously didn't have it he didn't there was something about Sean Cronin that just didn't quite do it for him and I wonder did he like a bit like Zebo a couple of years ago I'm not going to start saying he should be but I think he, there's certain players that he should have put his arm around and gone you know I might have a personal difference with this player but they're really talented and if I can channel that talent into what I'm doing here I can so like I mean Zebo leaving people I mean, he's, he's obviously not in the best physical condition now in, in Rassing and you know you wouldn't pick him based on his performances there necessarily but he was the full back to take over from Rob Kearney like he, he started in Chicago in 2016 he wasn't offered a central contract obviously the money to go to Rassing was really good the cultural experience he wanted to do it I think if Joe Schmidt had shown him a bit of love had had dealt with him differently he could have had a really talented I'm not saying it would have, they would have beaten the All Blacks as a result but it, you know, these are the things that the decisions that maybe you know. Sean Cronin's another one who, you know, he's the most dynamic hooker in European rugby. He's a top of the ground player. Look, he got injured during the World Cup, so it ended up not mattering. But maybe a different coach would have backed the most dynamic player in your one of your most dynamic players in your squad over the scrummaging ability of Rory Best because the scrum went well against New Zealand, but everything else went wrong. So they're all the decisions I think that will chew up Joe Smith over the next couple of years because, you know, we don't know what he's going to do next. So we, I have a piece with Stephen Donald tomorrow um, where he talked about, you know, the fact that in New Zealand his legacy won't be tainted by this, that they'll they'll still find a home for him if, if he wants to ever go coach again. But uh, he's, those, He won't be short of options, but I... It, I'd, you'd, I'd like to, you'd like to think if he'd just take a step back for, for his own sake. He's given so much to, to Ireland that you can imagine how much it's consumed him. But, you know, we, you can talk about any of players, like you mentioned Levy, he was a massive loss. But any Irish players, if they had all been fit and available, would not, not, not have made a difference against that All Blacks team. They were immense I think I think they would have made a difference they would have made like hard, sorry like, to the end result Ireland, yeah. what I mean is Ireland wouldn't I, have beaten New Zealand, them. yeah but New Zealand came into this game expecting to meet a, 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 a valid rival to their throne they, they ramped things up significantly it was their best performance since 20, the, the last World Cup final because they expected that they thought they'd need that and then they took Sam Kane off at half time because they were like like you know mm. this isn't what we expected and we're playing England next week and they started you know that's, that's the problem it's not no one is criticising Ireland for losing a quarter-final. It's, we were always told it was about the performance, not the result, and the performance was the problem. It was the fact that they never even looked like asking questions. of they, you know, they, Even when they made little breaks, 
they didn't take the right options. Just all the, the clients. That's where the frustration comes from. It's not, it would, you know, I think it would be looking past what's actually being said and written about this team. It's, it's not about the result. It's about the fact that it just didn't show up. Yeah, I was making a point in, in a piece I did in today's paper just about we interviewed Josh van der Fleer in the mix zone afterwards and I don't know if you saw him, but he he genuinely looked like he had been in a boxing boxing match. Both of his eyes were almost shut. He had uh, one side of his face was already stitched. It looked like the other side of his face needed to be stitched. He limped in. He was like broken. Is the only word I can use. And it was weird how they did it. It was a real small room, and the All Blacks were rolled in. Then at the same time, and they were Josh Van der Fleer was wearing shorts and an Ireland T-shirt. The All Blacks were rolled in wearing pristine blazers. And honestly, they didn't look like you know they had. They had been in a in a game, and it was just the perfect sort of comparison to what we had Road seen. It was just yeah, it wrote, wrote itself yeah. But th- that is that just we kind of gone full circle. But that is the biggest disappointment that they didn't even look like coming close. And we knew the start was going to be you know so important, and they were just blown away. And even like Ireland whipping out the the, the, the set piece move so early on, and it didn't quite come off. But you're kind of thinking. Geez, like they're you know this is this is going to be pretty good and I have to say I don't think we mentioned it the the fields of Athen Roy to the hacker was one of the most spointingling sporting moments or probably moments I've ever witnessed it was incredible unfortunately it seemed to piss off the All Blacks because they absolutely ripped into them but that was definitely one of the highlights for me of of the World Cup just that that moment pity it, did, it all went wrong from there it was the only quarter final well. England did get away from Australia, but Australia did keep it interesting for a couple of, uh, for a while. I mean, we we got to watch most of, most of the games in the press room, the ones that we weren't at, and I know we we were both there for South Africa and Japan. Um, do you think it's the All Blacks or no one? I mean, I haven't watched the four like Wales. Wales have lost Josh Navidi. They're limping mm. here after. To be honest, they didn't deserve to be France. France kind of threw it away with that well, I mean, a red card and then, and then like Jakob Piper today I mean that's, that's unbelievable I don't know if anyone's I should presume everyone's seen this but he's posing with Welsh fans Eldon one of them in the head having sent off a French player for a red card bizarre now it was definitely a red card there was no, no doubt about that it was an absolute it was brainless. filthy yeah. filthy yeah and so I saw someone on Twitter saying um, he thought he was playing Federal A2 with no cameras <laughs> yeah, there like yeah. you know a bit of an AIL guy. You know, like, what was he at yeah, yeah, the world was, is watching he's a brainless player at the best time so is, is it for you like obviously they're the favourites do you think England or South Africa or potentially Wales can do you know do better than Ireland did at the weekend I think they probably can do better but can they beat this all back team well England will definitely give them a serious game they give them much more of a game than Ireland will because we, we saw during the Six Nations particularly what they did to Ireland and even in the warm up game they have the firepower you know they can play both ways they have you know they have the options in the back it'll be interesting that will they go back to Ford and Farrell they're in a really good position but I just think I think the biggest challenge for the All Blacks now is sort of staying at that peak because I think it was Sean Fitzpatrick was saying that that was the best they've produced since the last World Cup and I haven't seen every single All Blacks game since he definitely has it was phenomenal so that's their biggest challenge and if they're able to stay at that I don't think anyone will touch them uh, I was was very impressed with the Springboks um, yesterday really disappointing for Japan because they became everyone's sort of favourite team and while it wasn't pretty, the box, it was so efficient. It was ruthless. They just, they, with everything that we said they do, the they look to devour them. The only concern, I was talking to one of the South African journalists in the mix on afterwards that I'd have with the way South Africa won that game. I know you said it was efficient. 
they miss so many chances. Yeah, that's and true. like a bit like a bit like Ireland in the pool stages, you know, they're the things that come back to haunt you because if you're consistently missing chances, then you come up against a team like Wales who don't let you really attack, you know, who don't generally cough up with opportunities. Uh, or particularly the All Blacks. I mean, we saw in the first game, they don't seem to have learned from that, but their forward play was phenomenal. I mean, that mall, as a type, former type 5 forward myself, that mall was just a thing of absolute beauty. Yeah. I thought it was sensational. You know, three scrum penalties, they scored six, six points off all, of both of them. I mean, I'm sure some of the Irish players, I don't know if they watched it, I'm sure they were off having fun, you know, a bit of a blowout last night um, before they leave. They might have watched it going, why didn't we do that? Mm. And that, that that Japan game, I mean, whatever. Like, I don't think the way they were going, it didn't really matter in the end who they played in the quarter in the quarter final. But that just set the mood. You know, it just it affected everything. It, it was a momentum sapper, and they just never. They didn't play to their strengths. The South Africa didn't care what they looked like. They didn't throw any. Like, it was one time in the whole Joe's. Well, let's not go back into that one. But like South Africa just focused on their strengths. They picked a six-two split in the bench. The options and they, they were monsters. Yeah, Snyman. I mean, this bomb squad they're bringing off the bench. It's just. A phenomenal collection of players. You know, Eddie Jones was talking about how would you know we got to look revise how we report on the you know for George Ford being mm. dropped. He was he wasn't dropped. His role was redefined. I mean, that's management speak. But you know that they are contributing off that bench and they're so impressive. And I, I can't see Wales stopping them. Whether they are clinical enough to beat the All Blacks, I'm not sure. Yeah, and like you mentioned, Navidi, I think, is a big loss. He was having a really good World Cup. Jonathan Davis, obviously, is going to be a doubt as well, but. They, they just have so many options. Like the, the the props that they're bringing off, and even Snyman, like I mentioned, could easily be in the starting team. But I guess Japan probably felt a little bit hard done by because beasts tackle, tip tackle. I think it was board, It was borderline. I think. Yeah, um, I and think I think another another official might have taken a different view of that. Um, I think it was yellow. Jamie Joseph in the, in the in the press conference said it was yellow. Sometimes they're reds, but you know, I think by and large you're going to get a yellow for those ones. Um. um that's what I go. You know, I, I, I don't think they can be filled. Very, I mean, they didn't score well. I mean, they, they should probably be focusing more on the fact they didn't score in the ten minutes that that uh, that, that, that they, he was in the sim bin. They ran out of steam, I think, really, didn't they? Yeah. Japan. They had put so much into the pool stages, and to be fair, they're the story of the World Cup. It was it was great that they were in Ireland's pool because it meant that we got to see lots of them. And we mentioned the the Fields of Athens Roy moment. Just. The Japanese fans, I'm the sure, I'm sure it's come across on TV because it's just insane. I mean, the noise and the colour, like just the yeah. red and white jerseys, are just so vibrant. Mm. The stadium looked so cool last night, yeah. and the Irish fans kept trying to start stand up for the Japanese throughout. Yeah, um, I don't feel that actually got a, a rendition. Well. There's a lot of them still around. I met a few earlier on. A lot, uh, a lot of optimistic fans had booked for the booked for the semi final. At least I had this, this, our, <laughs> our bosses had the sense to to book my flight for for tomorrow. For so, what's your what's your like your, you know as you leave Japan now? I mean, it's been an amazing couple of weeks. What well, what you look back on this World Cup as an, as an experience, whether whether rugby or not? Like that's it's because uh, it's been so much more than than just rugby. I mean, it's been a it's been a big month. Or, yeah, I'd or, say. Well, I don't know how long we've yeah, been here. It feels five, like about five, five years. Weeks, yeah. Um, I think maybe just the people and the culture and how how helpful and just sound they are. Like, you know, I think we could all we could all learn a thing or two from them. Um it's so clean over here. You know, they have they, they love plastic bags, which is a bit of a a bit of an issue, but 
yeah, I think just yeah, like our, our our carbon footprint's gone on the yeah, roof over here with the amount of plastic bottles and plastic bags we have to use. The people, the people, and just sort of like even simple things down to getting the bullet train was just a really cool experience. Like I said, Japan probably would have been number one on my list of countries that I just would have loved to have visited someday. To get to do it and get to cover Ireland at a World Cup was you know, like I said, once in a lifetime sort of experience. I think the food has been incredible. Um, you think we've eaten enough ramen, I think, to, to last us a, a lifetime. It'd be nice to go back and get a bit healthy again. But yeah, it's been it's been amazing. Disappointed to, to be leaving. Um, but you'll keep the show on the road. I'll do my best, yeah. Um, so Keane's obviously going home. I'm staying out um, till the final. Jonathan Bradley is as well. Unfortunately, he's about he's in a different city at the moment so we couldn't get him in for one last hurrah but I think what we'll do is we'll probably stop doing it we won't be doing a daily podcast as such we'll probably be more on the fly probably maybe before the weekend after the weekend we'll, we'll be doing things as we go but we'll hope to keep a couple going out I suppose we'll, as, as a trio we're, we're, we're finished um, Luke and uh, Will will be back tomorrow night um, with, with their podcast and I'd be interested to see what, where Luke uh, assesses and Fergus McFadden how they assess what happened at the weekend Um and yeah, so Keen safe home. Sayonara. Sayonara. Thanks to everyone for who's been listening on a daily basis. We've got great feedback. Some people were happier with us than others, but uh, <laughs> we, we appreciate everyone who listened and got in touch. Um, it's been a lot of fun doing it. And um, yeah, hopefully you get, get a few good movies on the way home, get a bit, bit of nice airplane food <laughs> and get home safe. Cheers. Thanks, everyone. Good luck. The Left Wing Podcast in association with Aldi. Spend €30 Euro in store for a chance to win €50,000 for your primary school.